Welcome to In the Middle, the podcast from Hopkinton Middle School. My name is Alan Keller. I'm principal here at HMS. Thank you so much for joining us. Today's episode, I'm going to talk about some things that have been happening at HMS and the things that we can look forward to for the month of May. Uh, we have two interviews, uh, two guests joined us today. Miss Catherine Brummett, who's our dynamic media teacher, is going to be talking about her class as well as having completed the Boston Marathon. And we're also going to hear from Mrs. Becky Abate, who's an eighth grade English teacher and also the coordinator for our eighth grade trip to New York City. So let's start with uh, some updates from HMS. Uh, hopefully you had an opportunity to see the remarkable production that, that just happened into the woods. We had over 100 HMS students involved uh, in cast and crew uh, in that production that was on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday night uh, to rave reviews, uh, excellent feedback from those who were in attendance, from parents. Uh, and I'll, I want to just personally thank uh, Miss Allison Porter, um, Mrs. Margarita Porzio, and Miss Lisa Nielsen, three teachers here who um, produced, created, and directed uh, into, the, into the woods, uh, which was extremely well done. And as I said, very well received. So, uh, and of course, tremendous credit goes to uh, the students who did a, a remarkable job and were very enthusiastic. It was a very positive vibe around the production. And I heard from a lot of parents who, who, um, who just remarked on how great the, the culture was of our HMS drama program. Um, so kudos to them, to the students, and thank you to the parent volunteers who made that possible. We had a lot of parents involved in working with the kids in costumes. We had um, several gentlemen involved in set design, and we had a beautiful set. Hopefully, like I said, you had an opportunity to see that. So uh, that's Into the Woods. One of the other topics I wanted to talk about, I've gotten several emails from parents around a late bus. Um, the high school has started a late bus. They received a grant. Um, and uh, initially started with just high school students because they wanted to uh, determine how many students could actually ride the late bus or would be interested in riding a late bus. And recently in talking to Mr. Bishop, uh, we're going to be expanding that program. Granted, there's only um, uh, you know several weeks left in the school year, but we're going to be expanding that program to Hopkins and middle school students. So they will have an opportunity to take the late bus. Uh, and that's a uh, Monday through Thursday opportunity uh, that begins at 4 o'clock. And so more details in my principal's newsletter uh, with regards to that. So some of the things that we are working on, um, this year we started an after-school sports program that's been really successful. Um, that is, um, we started calling it intramurals and then realized that students actually don't know what the word intramural means. Um, so that's been running on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday for grades six, seven, and eight students. And what we're finding is that a lot of students who aren't interested in being on a sports team um, or aren't part of a sports team are taking part um, in a lot of those um, activities. And so that's been a really positive thing. We've been able to work with our athletic director, Mrs. D. King, and Ms. Lou Sanborn, her administrative assistant, to work on freeing up the Doyle Gym. Of course, we've been working with coaches in order to do that, but that's been a really positive program. So we're looking at how that program is run and some improvements we can make to next year. We're actually, uh, they're actually coordinating a cornhole tournament that's going to be uh, students and staff, uh, te teams comprised of students and staff. So that's something that's uh, been very exciting that uh, has come out of the after-school sports program. But each month they've been rotating a different sport. Right now they're doing uh, table... Uh, uh, table uh, tennis, and so that has a lot of students very excited. 
Um, so like I said, part of our goal is to determine uh, wh- how we move forward with the after-school sports, sports program. We're working on our promotion ceremony for our grade 8 students. Those of you who uh, may have been here before know that um, we started, I think about five years ago, a promotion ceremony for our students uh, to acknowledge and recognize the work that they've done at HMS. Um, to uh, share some of the positive um, pieces of, of what they've been able to accomplish in their time here. We do that at the high school, and there'll be more details uh, coming forth about that. Um, but that always occurs on the night before the last day of school. And so that's uh, forthcoming. We're finalizing planning on that. Uh, we also have uh, several um, field trips planned. Of course, the eighth grade uh, field trip to New York City, which you're going to hear from uh, Miss Abate about momentarily. And then uh, we have field days for grade six, and our grade seven will be attending their field trip at Kimball Farm, which we've been doing for a couple of years to, to some rave reviews. So those are some of the things that are happening that we're looking forward to uh, that I want to share with you on this podcast. Uh, with that said, we'll turn our attention to one of the items that I've mentioned, and that is our eighth grade field trip. Mrs. Becky Abate has been coordinating the eighth grade trip uh, for three years now when we switched from uh, Washington, D.C. to New York City and uh, has a lot of expertise, works with a company that we work with, uh, Jump Street Education. And so uh, we'll hear from Mrs. Abate. Welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Of course. Uh, today is like the the teacher who's the teachers who started in 2011. You started in 2011, right? Yeah, I mean, it was a great year for teachers coming <laughs> yes. to Hopkinton. We, uh, uh, Miss Brummett is joining us as well, talking about um, the marathon as well as other things. So uh, you've been teaching eighth grade and seventh grade English. Yes. Since you've been here. Mm-hmm. Can you talk a little bit about uh, your experiences at Hopkinton Middle School? Because you came from... New York, yep. right? And that was a middle school, or I can't remember? Uh, middle school and high school. Okay. Yeah. I think my my heart is definitely in eighth grade English. I really, really genuinely like eighth graders. I love their energy. I like that they are old enough to have really good conversations about the books we read, but they're still young enough to have fun and to be fun. So I love eighth grade and I love English. And I can't run a marathon like Miss Brummett, <laughs> but I can plan a trip to New York for... 300 students. Right. And that's why you're here today. Uh, it's one of the reasons why you're here today, but the main reason. So let's talk about New York. That's coming up. So yeah. what can we expect this year? Well, this is our third year going to New York. And I think every year we've tried to make some improvement. You know, I take this really seriously. It's like planning a party for 300 people and I want all of them to have fun. So we put so much time into, you know, really looking at the itinerary at the end of each year and deciding what we want to keep and what we want to change and how we can just make it a better experience for everybody. And this year, I'm actually really excited. It was kind of like the stars aligned for us as we were trying to decide which Broadway show we wanted to go to. Very exciting to see that To Kill a Mockingbird was coming to Broadway brand new with an amazing cast and producer, right? Or is he directing? Uh, I believe the producer, yeah. And that is Aaron Sorkin. Yes, that's correct. And Atticus Finch is being played by... Jeff Daniels. Who is maybe best known for his roles in... Fly Away Home. Dumb and Dumber. <laughs> I was trying to stay away from Dumb and Dumber. Also, but. a small role in To Kill... Uh, not To Kill a Mockingbird. In um, Terms of Endearment. Uh, yes. One of my favorite movies of the 1980s. Anyway, we heard about this coming to Broadway. We were so excited to be able to get tickets. Um, obviously, To Kill a Mockingbird is... a Uh, I don't know, I'd say it's a high point of the eighth grade English curriculum. So to be able to tie this trip in with our curriculum um, in a way 
um, where we're actually getting to see a book that I think the vast majority of the kids really fall in love with, seeing that play come to life on Broadway is really exciting. And it's my understanding that there's been some rave reviews, many rave reviews mm-hmm. for, for the show. Mm-hmm. I also know that it's sold out, so I think we're very fortunate. Wow. Uh, in it's order almost to like to... Hamilton. It's it's a little bit like that. Yeah. <laughs> yes. It's like the eighth grade version of Hamilton. Getting into Hamilton. Yeah. I, yeah. I think that our eighth graders will, will feel that as well. I think so, too. So uh, along that line, uh, you just finished Kill a Mockingbird, correct? Yes. So I know one of the things that we talked about was, are, are the kids going to be To Kill a Mockingbird did out? Yeah. Um, but you did not watch a movie, is that right? Yeah, that's a fair question, and that was a concern I had, too. Yeah, so at the end of the book and writing the essay um, and, you know, getting through MCAS, usually the reward is to get to watch um, the movie with Gregory Peck, which is a great movie. Um, this year, instead, we showed clips of the movie along the way, like certain key scenes, um, but at the end... We chose to not watch that movie um, and to um, watch The Help instead, which has some really good um, thematic connections with Mockingbird. Um, and some of the kids were a little disappointed. We weren't going to watch the whole movie, but I said, just you wait. We're going to see it on Broadway in about a month. So, yeah. And favorite character in the movie version of To Kill a Mockingbird? My favorite character? Uh-huh. I mean, it has to be Scout, but she, mm. I mean, I'm an English teacher. I don't review movies. I review books, yeah. you know, so right, I think sure. Scout is so, definitely, but Atticus, I mean. Yeah. Yeah. I like Dill a lot. I think Dill's character is, is strong. Underrated? Yeah. Well, it's interesting because a lot of kids wrote their essay about minor characters in the book, and a yeah. lot of them focused on Dill. Yeah. Yeah, so nice. you are right there with them. Good. Good to know. Uh, what are some other highlights from New York City? So we talked about To Kill a Mockingbird. That's on the first night that we go, right? That, yep. So that's Wednesday, uh, Wednesday night? Yep, Wednesday night. Yep. Um, so what else are we doing? We are going to see um, some of the best museums. We are going to the 9-11 Museum. Um, we will be going to the Museum of Modern Art, Natural History Museum. Um, and then in addition to that, we will get to do some walking tours around the city, stop in Times Square, um, take a walk on the High Line, go to Central Park. And I think one of the big highlights um, of the trip is on Thursday night when we have the boat cruise and we get to tour around New York Harbor. And um, I know the kids always have such a good time at that. Great. 9-11 Museum, um, I know that we've heard in the past that there wasn't quite enough time at the mm-hmm. 9-11 Museum. I think we uh, increased that a little bit this we year. We did. We extended it, and we also um, included time for them to spend at the memorial. The memorial itself and how it was constructed has an interesting story behind it. So we thought it would be good to be able to spend time there and for them to understand how it was designed and and understand the significance of its footprint and, and all that. Yep. Great. And I know we've also made some changes over the years to where we stay. I know our hotel is much closer this year. I think we're staying at the same hotel as we did last year. Yeah, right? it was it was definitely a good location. <laughs> um, you know, getting in and out of the city is always tricky, but um, I think that we planned it pretty well to avoid rush hour traffic as much as possible. And, um, you know, we I think the tour guides do a great job of making good use of our time on the bus. And it's a time to kind of talk about what we're doing for the day and point out some interesting historical facts or fun facts. Um, and, you know, it's such a busy, jam-packed itinerary that sometimes that downtime on the bus mm-hmm. is um, is a good thing for the kids. 
Agree. And I think uh, when I think back to when we used to go to Washington, D.C., we spent a lot of time on the bus. Mm-hmm. Um, but navigating D.C. was much easier. So I know you've worked really hard to mm-hmm. minimize the amount of time that we're in the city on the bus to try and put um, events and high, uh, locations. Yeah, uh, close to each other within walking distance. So. Right. And I, I I, think we tried to get off the bus more last year than we did on the first year. Um, I think there's maybe some hesitation about walking in New York City, but it's actually been great. Yeah. Um, I haven't had any problems at all. And it's just so much better. Anyone who goes to New York knows that you're better off being on foot than in a, in a car or a bus. Right. Yeah. So as we get close, and we're just uh, a couple weeks away now at this point, um, some I know we'll be sending out a presentation for parents and students to um, think about packing and getting ready for it. Any insider tips for what uh, students will insider need to... Insider trips. Well, it's, it's New York City, so everyone needs to be extra fashionable. Okay, good That's to just know. a joke. Um, comfort is key. Yeah. Uh, pack light. You know, I mean, comfortable shoes, I think, is mm-hmm. is critical. Great. Ms. Abate, thanks for all your efforts uh, as our eighth grade English teacher, as well as um, the trip coordinator for New York City. We're looking forward to it. Great. Me too. Thanks for joining us. All right. Thanks. I hope you found that informative. Those of you who have children attending the grade eight New York City trip, as well as who might have students attending that trip in the future, um, hopefully you'll have a good sense of what that trip uh, entails. And now we're going to talk to one of our other HMS teachers, Ms. Catherine Brummett, who recently completed the Boston Marathon, and hear about her desire and her insights on the marathon. Welcome. Thank you. Of course. Thanks for being here. Uh, a couple things I want to talk about today, which includes uh, with you the, the marathon, which you just ran. Uh, we have the art show coming up. But uh, do you mind starting, uh, starting today talking about dynamic media, what it is you teach? And, uh, and I understand there's a change coming next year. So talk a little bit about that. Sure. So dynamic media is essentially a digital art class. So we create art and look at artwork, um, but our main medium is technology. So we use technology to create our artwork. And so you have different goals at each grade level, right? So can you talk a little bit about what what I could expect to see in a sixth grade versus seventh versus eighth grade? Sure. So sixth grade, we focus on fine art. So we're creating artwork and things like animations, collages, things like that. In seventh grade, we focus on design. So it's more functional types of things. We do product design, logo design, things like that. And then eighth grade is photography and video. Great. Um, so I will tell you that I, you know, some of the artwork that you can see around the classroom, around the building, whether it be on the TV screen, on the bulletin boards, uh, is always so impressive. Oh, thank I'm really looking forward to the art show. Uh, that is next week, correct? Yes, it's Thursday, May 16th. And the opening is at 6 p.m. Okay, looking forward to that. It's always uh, wonderful to, to not just that night, uh, which is great to see so many families come out to see all of you here, but um, throughout the week during the day to have the artwork on display. So thank you for all your effort. I know there's a lot thank that goes you. into that. Yeah, well, the, the kids deserve to be commended too. And and this year we had a student, uh, a middle school student, who was on the cover of the invitations, correct? Yes, Kevin Kavanaugh's photograph is the design. Fabulous. So, yeah. Well, thank you. So, so let's uh, let's talk about the marathon. So you ran the marathon. I did. Um, this was not your first marathon, correct? It was my third marathon. Your third, but first Boston. Yes. So talk about it. Talk about the experience uh, with you. It was amazing. So we've talked about it a little bit before, but compared to the first two marathons I did, there's just nothing like Boston. I think you know the route is really meaningful to me, being from this area, not originally, but having lived. I was gonna uh, say because you just said route, and uh, and from I was Wisconsin originally, <laughs> right. but yeah. yeah. 
So it was just meaningful to like see all these different places that I've lived by, to see my students along the route, route to see <laughs> to see other people who I know, you know, staff from the building and everything. It was just amazing. The amount of support, the amount of spectators that are there is just unbelievable. The other two marathons I ran were in Lowell, which de- definitely doesn't have the same spectator uh, support, I would say. It's just a lot sparser, you know, not as well-known understandably is Boston so it doesn't have the same history so I just felt so much more supported and you know I kind of told you before I felt like people were pushing me along I had so much more I don't want to say motivation to finish but I had so much more support to finish and it really made a big difference so and and so the weather that day, right? Originally, it was not supposed to be that great. In fact, they were originally at one point talking about it being, it being similar to the previous year. But you said yes. it wound up being okay, right? It was amazing. Honestly, I was really worried about the weather. I had talked to a couple other staff members who had run in really rainy, really cold weather, which is what they were predicting. But the only time it rained was the last two miles, and I was already too hot at that point. So the rain for me was a welcome thing. Uh, Maybe not for the spectators. My family was at mile 25 and a half and they were getting drenched, but you know, they hung in there for me. So they were at a couple different points, right? Yeah. So they were at mile two, mile 16 and mile 25 and a half. Because I put up a picture, as you know, and I said, uh, this is Miss Brummett at the start line. Turns out you were already a couple I was miles at mile in. 16, yeah. so <laughs> yeah. I think that, that says good. something about how fresh I was still looking. No question, definitely. You know, mile awesome. 16, yeah. And were you happy with your pace? My pace, I didn't really give myself a goal. I didn't want to run too much slower than my slowest marathon, which I, I came within about 20 seconds of, so... I don't want to be too hard on myself. Like, I think that's fine. I also ran it on no sleep because my son was up sick the night before. Mm. So that was also a factor. And I'm also a lot older than I was the first two marathons I ran. So with that said, I, you know, when I finished, I felt amazing. I felt like I could have gone even further, which at first made me feel great. And then thinking about it more, now I'm sort of thinking like, okay, if I felt that good, I can definitely do it faster Mm -hmm. next time around. So now I'm sort of anticipating running it again at some point and definitely going faster. And so was that that thought that you had about wanting to do a better time, was that like immediately when you crossed the finish line or did it take a while for that to come through? Yeah, that's a really good question. No, not at all. When I first finished, I was on cloud nine. It was amazing. I remember turning like around, you know, because you finish and you pass the finish line that has like the clock that's running and there's like a bazillion people on Boylston Street. I remember turning around and there was a guy behind me who had just finished who had his phone out and he was FaceTiming with someone just sobbing, like Mm. tears of joy. And I just remember thinking like, I wasn't doing that, but I remember thinking like, I know exactly how you feel. This is so amazing. (laughs) So no, when I first finished, I was just elated. I was so happy. I think it was more once I just really had time to process the whole experience. I thought, Catherine, like you can do, you can do it faster. You (laughs) could have done it faster, especially given how good I felt at Mm -hmm. the end. Like my first two marathons, by mile 22, I was desperate for it to end. Really? Those last four miles were like, taught me a lot about myself. I really yeah. had to pull within myself to like <clears throat> say, 
you know, I'm the only person who can do this, mm-hmm. you know, like I have to pull it in w- within myself to finish. Boston, I think I skipped down Boylston Street. I was just like, it was just a really different experience and I felt really good. I mean, obviously my legs were sore, but knowing now that I felt that way, I'm, I am motivated to do it again faster. So well, we, we talked earlier when I ran, I definitely, um, immediately when I finished, I said, this is crazy. I can't believe I did this and finished. Uh, and then like the next day or maybe two days later or something, cause I remember going to the medical tent afterwards, mm-hmm. uh, issues with toes, which we've talked about as well. Yeah. But like, I started to think I would like to, I'd like to try it again. And so that's, I, I to I do it feeling. faster or just to have yeah, to do it faster. Again. So the day, the, the year I did it, and I should remember the year, but I don't remember. It was extremely hot that day. And so I, like I had in my head that I wanted to finish under four hours. Mm-hmm. And I don't remember what my time was, maybe like four, I don't know, whatever. But, and so that's why I was like, I want to do it under four hours. That's, that's what I remember saying, like after I was recovering and saying what a good experience it was. But I definitely, like, I don't think I, I'm not, I don't think I'm a marathoner. Like, so I remember afterwards and and we talked about this, like I, if it weren't for the people along the route Mm -hmm. or route, I don't think that I would have finished. Like, I feel like those people propelled me. Oh, interesting. The fellow run, did you run, like, were you running in a, in a group of people or were you totally solo? Solo. Yeah. Yeah. And training too, you did solo, right? Yeah, I think I'm more of a solo runner. Like a lot of people have asked me, like, "Oh, have you heard of the up?" Because I live in Upton. Have you heard of the Upton Running Club or whatever? But you, most honestly, like, part of what I love about running is it's you know I have three kids at home. I'm get to school at six thirty in the morning. It's like one of the only times I can be alone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I really love and you know. Um, I just like to take advantage of the alone time that it gives me and time to like process my thoughts. Yeah. So the idea of like running with a group doesn't really appeal to me, I think, because yeah. I would just feel that social pressure like I need to make you a conversation yeah. or keep up pace with someone. So I agree with you. I, I, I tend to run alone. However, the Hopkins Runners Club, mm-hmm. and we talked about that. I, Stephanie Whalen had connected with me with that group before I ran. And so I was yeah. able to run. And that felt, and I actually ran with somebody who had run before, and I don't remember his name, but he was a wonderful gentleman who we were at the same pace and kind of guided me. And as we talked about um, the different pieces, like this is an area where you might struggle, yeah. or like uh, build up your your uh, stamina here, that kind of thing. So, so how you had said, but then you kind of like straight a little bit. You said you don't think that you are a marathon runner. Why do you say that? Well, so I guess I feel like. So Lowell, right? Yeah. Like there's not a big crowd. Not at I, all. Yeah. At so all. like I'm. If I had run and we were in Lowell, I'm not sure I would have finished. Like that's, I guess that's what I feel like. Like you I want to try Boston again. Yeah, like I feel like I okay. think I feel like if there weren't a lot of people around, maybe if I got to like mile twenty, because I remember like struggling a little bit that day. But there are so many people and yeah. and the and like hand, giving you oranges and different mm-hmm. things. And ordinarily on a regular day, if somebody just handed me a slice of orange, I'd be like, I don't know, like where your hands right? been. I'm not going to take that thing from you. I actually um, didn't accept any of that <laughs> stuff from yeah. people. No, oh, I'm that like, day I was like, whatever you got. <laughs> Um, and so it was just, it was just such an awesome experience that I feel like I probably couldn't do a marathon elsewhere and who knows, I might not be able to do a a Boston marathon again, which I would love to, but. Can I just tell you my opinion about what you you just said? I think that, you know, if you've trained for a marathon and you've gotten yourself to the point where you're accepting that challenge, you, if you had run lull, let's say with that same mindset, I think you probably would have had moments at mile 21, 22, 23, where you would have said, like, I don't know if I want to do this. But I think that 
most likely you would have finished. I think it feels that way when you are, you know, at your like lowest low, but that's like something so appealing about the marathon to me is that it brings out like every ounce of grit that you have in you. And that's like part of why I love it. So. True, definitely. There, there is. Are you running? Are you back to running again? Like, did you I am, take a break? although I have a minor foot situation going on right yeah. now. So I was supposed to run a half with Sabrina Brennan, one of our Spanish teachers, um, in May, and that's up for debate right yeah. now. I'm yeah. so I'm I'm taking a two week break, and I'm going to see how it feels. Yeah. But I, yeah, I mean, I run a lot anyway, so it's definitely a a, a great feeling, and I and I'd like to think I could do it again, but we'll see. I think you could. <laughs> Um, but this is not about me. So the other thing that I have failed to mention is you raised a lot of money for Desire to Inspire, and so over five thousand dollars. So we are super appreciative of that. Uh, and I know I don't know if you guys have had a conversation yet about what we might be doing next year with that money. Has that been something? No. Okay. I, I know yeah. That, that, I mean, I I have a general idea of what it's used for, yeah. which is you know what I would tell people when I you know ask for money for it, but. Yeah, I didn't know if there was something specific. No, I just I didn't know if you had talked to Miss uh, Miss Pinto, who many of you may know as a PE teacher here, is is one of the um, members of the Desire to Inspire team, and so um, I, I assume part of what you talk about is uh, bringing uh, inspirational speakers. speakers and, yeah, yeah, just programming um, different kinds of things. I know certain years we've talked about hosting like a race along the route for um, you know cross country kids in different schools along the route. So. Um, there's a lot of different things that I think we've done different things each year as well. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure what the specific plan is for next year. I think we usually start planning that yeah. a little bit later. But And we've been fortunate enough to work with um, the 26.2 Foundation to be able to send uh, – to be able to enroll teachers in a course on, on – um, Greek studies. Yep. Part of that course has also been a trip to Greece, where they actually uh, get some primary exposure to uh, to some some great things. So, so thank you for not just for running, representing HMS, but for raising money for Desire to Inspire, which is an important piece. You're welcome. So, it's my pleasure. So um, maybe we'll see you next year on the route. I'm I'm all in. Yeah. So yeah, we'll see what happens. <laughs> awesome. Uh, well, thank you so much for joining us, Catherine. You're we appreciate welcome. it. Thank you for having me. Thank you, as always, for joining us on our In the Middle podcast. As always, if you have any comments, questions, feedback, please send that my way. My email address is akeller at hopkinton.k12.ma.us. I look forward to sharing with you uh, next month when we'll have some more guests that we'll be talking to, as well as talking about the things that we do around Hopkinton Middle School during the summer once all the students and teachers leave. Thanks again, and see you next time on In the Middle. <laughs>